Blog Talk Radio. We are your hosts, Doug and Jackie Christie, and we welcome you to the show. No question. You can always call us live by dialing in 347-215-8305 or going to the chat room at any time throughout the entire show. And today in the show, we are discussing turning your relationship blues around. And in saying that, we want to share tips, advice, and, of course, our ideas on just how you can turn those blues around. Yes, we do. But first, let us share with you all that we will be welcoming a very special guest today as well. So you know you got to stay tuned for him a little bit later in the show. Okay, so let's jump right into it and let's get started. We have received from you guys some great questions, so we're going to start with those. And the first one is, how do you keep your mate faithful in this day and age? And, honey, I'll let you start and then I'll reiterate. Uh, you know, that question, <laughs> when I saw it, I was saying the word keep, and I say this only because you don't keep your mate faithful. They either are or they aren't, but what you do do is you love them and you respect them. Obviously, you guys are together for a reason, but you That's can't right. keep, and don't take that pressure on yourself about keeping because if they stray, that's because they stray, not anything that you're doing. Most definitely, and I have to, like I said, I want to reiterate what my husband just said. You can't control what another person does, and you, it's really, really, life is funny because some days you're up and then there's going to be days when you're going to be down, and it could be other things in your life that you're feeling bad about or you're not feeling that excited about going on, and then to be in a relationship, you know, and for that person to not be all into you 100%, if you're into them 100%, can be stressful. So today what we want to do is we want to give you our ideas on how to combat that and deal with that. As my husband said, you can't control another person. They have to want to be faithful first and foremost. If you are in a relationship or you find yourself getting in one in the future and that person's not like that, I have to say it's just not worth it. I'm never going to judge a person to say they're not worth it. I'm going to say the relationship relationship is not worth it. Definitely move on. There is other people out there. There's a lot of people out there that will be faithful to you. And anyway, you know, with the HIV and AIDS and all the different sexually transmitted diseases that's going on around out there, you guys, that's a whole nother show. Everybody should really be taking this thing serious. If you find someone that's, you know, wanting to be monogamous, it's really, really important that you think about yourself. Your body is your temple, and you want to make sure that you're taking care of it and respecting it at all times. So being unfaithful, you're putting your life at risk, you're putting someone else's life at risk, you're putting your heart and the person that you're supposedly involved in a relationship with, you're putting all of that, you're taking that for granted, and it's really risky, and it's just it's something that you've got to think hard about and make the right decision and choice. 
Now, that is the bottom line, people. The choice is big. Be faithful. Number two, how do you make your mate choose you over his or her friends? Wow, I would have to say there again, that's something that's very, very difficult to do is make someone make a choice like that. And it's better if you don't have to have them make that choice, just as you wouldn't want to make that choice, them or your friends. There's a better way to do it, folks. You can incorporate yourselves together. If your best friends truly, and you guys have that type of a bond, you know, you have that soulmate bond going on, it shouldn't be hard to all be friends. You're never going to be close to that person as that one is. Say, for instance, my girlfriends. My husband would never be as close with them as I am, and I would never be as close with his friends as he is. But we have a great relationship because we are all friends. And the few friends that I do have um, that's around all the time, because I have thousands of friends, but that's around, you know, they everyone gets along, and that's what you want to make sure is happening. And try to do things that they like doing too. So hopefully your your mate will encourage you to participate and be involved. No one wants to be left out. No one wants to be kicked to the curb or nothing like that. Sometimes though, when there's like a job or you know, depending on what you do for a profession, sometimes that person has to do their own thing as far as you know, go to practice or go to work or go to an audition, and that's fine. But you know, overall, things that they want to do, you should want to do too. And then you guys can all do it together, and no one will feel that way so there won't be a choice needing to be made i agree with that because <laughs> i say that you mm-hmm. don't have to choose because once you pick that person the choice is made but what you That's do right. do like my wife said is enjoy activities together that is an awesome thing to do there are so many things from bowling to golf and i can just go on and on hiking dinner cooking whatever you want to <laughs> do you can do it together you can That's enjoy right. yourself and your friends Oh, most definitely, you guys. And like my husband said, I I have to agree at 1,000%. Next one we have is, how do you know if they are cheating? This is a question that I know you guys have been asked. I know you have asked it yourself. I would have to say because it's something that everybody wants to know. Um, Thank you guys so much. The call lines is lighting up. Just feel free to jump in the conversation whenever you want. You can just sit back and listen. Again, this is Infinite Love Talk Radio on Blog Talk 347-215-8305. Continuing on with the show, the question again is how do you know if they are cheating? And you really don't. I mean, if you want to spend your time and if you're busy like we are, you really don't have time to – worry about that or go into that well i shouldn't say worry about that because it is important people say you know well why are you concerned well i'm concerned because my life is is at stake here my kids life is at stake my you know my family's life is at stake that's why a person would want to know and they want to know if they're in a monogamous relationship but you really don't know if that's what the person is doing and hopefully they're not you can ask communication which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show we always talk about is very important and hopefully that person is mature enough Maturity plays a huge role in that, and they would tell you, and you can make a decision on whether you want to stay or go. So that's really the only way you're going to know, or you have to kind of, you know, start an investigation. Um, Some people have hired private investigators. It's a lot of money. It's expensive. It's going to come with the same result as asking the person. They may surprise you and tell you, yes, I am, and then you can say, okay, well, thank you, pack your stuff, and go. That is a definitely true, and and if you want to, you know, you always got to keep everything jovial. So, men, how yes. can you tell if your woman is cheating? You know what you can do? You can clean her car, and if the covers that you sent to the laundry <laughs> smell different when you find them in the back seat, you got a problem. Or if, if there's a footprint on the back oh window and it's a 14 and you only wear a 12, <laughs> gentlemen, there's a footprint, you got a problem. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what? How you can? There are. There's always something everybody and body language is 
big, if they're not loving and all that stuff, you got to check into all of that because everything means something. And, and baby, all I can them. say is love them. That's right. And when when you when my husband says body language and stuff, they could mean just he can mean all sorts of stuff. I know that a lot of people have written to me lately, and thank you guys so much. We appreciate. it. I wish I could answer all the questions. I'm trying as fast as I can, but I try to bring them on the show as well. We won't say your names on these type of ones. And um, the the one thing is sometimes people have bad communication anyway. So don't read that as uh oh my maid's cheating because you're not communicating well. Sit down and talk about it and make sure. And if they're a person that respects themselves first and foremost, that's usually not the issue or the case. It's usually something else underlying. So communication, again, is important. Um, the next one that we have is? Well, you, we actually just covered on that, and that is what if your mate is not good at communicating mm-hmm. their feelings to you? Now, what do you say about that one? Wow, if they're not good, the best thing to do is don't force them, don't push them. I believe in letting people grow. You know, I know I have grown to do. Everybody you know has grown to do. No one's perfect. That's not the way God made it to be. But we can be really close by just being patient and understanding, like my husband said, loving your mate, respecting your mate, and talking to them. Help them to be better communicators by trying to talk to them. It's going to take longer with some males and some females. It just depends on how they was pretty much what their personality is and how they pretty much have dealt with relationships in the past. But it's good to try to first tell the person right off the bat, I'm not confronting you, I'm not trying to argue with you, and I'm not putting you down. Those are three key things that make a person shut down. I'm a big avid reader. I've read many of books, as we have written many of books, and communicating the wrong way is one of the biggest factors in a conversation going south meaning people shutting down and getting argumentative, and that is the most frustrating thing, especially to a communicator. There's two kinds of people, a communicator and a non-communicator. The communicator feels like we should be able to talk about anything. The non-communicator feels like we'll communicate when we have to. The rest of the time, out the window, I want to go and enjoy nature, or I want to go and watch a show or whatever. So try to tell them, I'm a communicator. You may not be, but that's okay. Opposites attract. Let's figure out a way to meet in a happy medium in the middle. Let's compromise. That is right. So if they are not a good communicator, you can always talk more. That's something that you can do. Or you can also talk about stuff that they like. There are different ways to get it, but it is a definite communication. This is big, people. Most definitely. Next is what if your mate has a child while you are together with someone else? Now, that one, um, they put it, uh, the lady that wrote this, and I'm sure it's a lady because she put it in big writing, and it was pink with flowers on it and a little sad face, and I feel so bad. And whoever that is out there, I am so sorry. That's one stickler. I always tease my husband. I go, honey, what if all of a sudden you you turned up with another child? What would you do? And he said, well, if that ever happened, which I don't, you know, 100% chance there would, it wouldn't, but if it did, I would love the child. I mean, you have to because the child don't have anything to do with it. It would be unfortunate, but that's what I would do. Some people feel that way, and some people feel an opposite way. It's like, oh, we have nothing to do with that person. So what I would say is I'm not I try not to be one to judge in that way because I don't know all the circumstances and situations but if your mate has a child with someone else more than likely there's a breakdown of communication there's a breakdown of trust and loyalty there's a breakdown of commitment there's infidelity involved there's a whole bunch of no's that you're going to either need to get counseling and help with and decide on if you want to continue the relationship that it probably wouldn't be a good idea to stay in the relationship now you can remain friends and try to help them work through it because believe me they're going to have some emotional issues on their own that they have to deal with one being 
What if that child, you know, is really not theirs? So they first and foremost need to go out and find out if it is theirs. And if so, they have to figure out what they're going to do and what role they're going to play in that child's life and what is that other parent going to say about that. So it's a lot of issues that come with it. I think it needs to be talked about, but it is something that's going to be serious. If you ever find yourself in that situation, try to be patient. Don't react out of anger. Think it through. Talk to your mate and then make um, informed and, and conscious decisions on what you want to do proceeding forward. See, my wife is very gracious, everybody, because I, <laughs> I kept it real simple, and that was leave. <laughs> That's what it, Did no, you hear but that? Really, I mean, when you look at that, you have a bigger problem than a child with somebody else. You've got to go get checked for HIV and AIDS. That's, That's the right. first thing that you need to do before you do anything else and make sure that you're okay right. so that you can be okay, not only for yourself, but for your family if you've got one and anybody else. So, uh, unfortunate situation. Did you hear that? My husband, I'm telling you, I just, like he just said, HIV and AIDS, I didn't even touch on that. That is a huge factor in the whole situation. We're going to talk to you guys. We wrote the book, No Ordinary Love, a true story of marriage and basketball. For the people just joining the show, this is Doug and Jackie, your host. Um, we are talking about chasing those relationship blues away, making them go away. And we wrote the book, No Ordinary Love, A True Story of Marriage and Basketball, by Doug and Jackie Christie. And I'm going to read to you Chapter 9. It is titled Yin. And I want to share a little bit with you about Yin, and then my husband's going to share a little bit about Yang, okay? A lot of people ask us how we've been able to maintain a solid marriage. What are our secrets? In this chapter, I thought I'd like to share with you my approach to marriage and how important it is to put your mate first while respecting yourself and the other person. As I mentioned earlier, when I was growing up, I did not really get a blueprint for a healthy, strong, and committed marriage. But deep inside, I always knew what I wanted and that I had to have it. I knew I wanted someone to love me as much as I would love him and to treat me as well as I would him. He needed to be my friend as well we needed to be lovers and be able to complete the other sentences. We had to be soulmates. And I won't go on. I want you guys to definitely pick up the book because, as you can see, there's some great things in there. I'll give you a couple tips at the end of that chapter that I say. And one is stay committed to the commitment. By this, what we mean is when two people make a commitment to each other, you must uphold that commitment. Protect it and do not waver under any circumstances. Number two, put your relationship before anything else. I cannot stress this enough. Your relationship has to be your number one priority. Number three, give of yourself. When you give all of yourself to another person, that person will reciprocate. Love and marriage is grand. I don't want to give the impression that it's easy because it's not, but it's yours and the two of you can make it as good as you want it to be. And fourth and final is commitment. It is key. You both need to be committed at all times. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. And um, again, you should pick up that book. My husband's, my husband's going to share with you, Yang, what he wrote in Chapter 10 at this Yes, and you know, the things that my wife just stated, I mean, when you listen to, to what she was saying is high goals, that is super, super big, but she's talking soulmates, love, and respect, these are things that you have to, have to have. Yang, a man has to know how to let his ego, let, let go of his ego and move from me to we in order to make a marriage work. I like to offer some of the thoughts I have on how I've been able to do that. It starts with respect. Family first, it's the cornerstone. Jackie and I have a 360-degree circle. We have God, ourselves, our family, and some close friends inside of our circle. My ego that I have built up over many years was merely a facade. And through my continued search for knowledge of self, I have found that you must open your heart and your soul up to your mate and let her in. 
As a man, it can sometimes be difficult to step out of your comfort zone, thus becoming vulnerable to your mate. But really, when you love your mate this way, it doesn't take away any of your control. It simply allows you and her to experience true, infinite love. Now, you see how beautiful that is? That's why you guys got to pick up the book. My husband shares with you guys some hot tips, some beautiful ones, some that I think men can take so much from. You got to get it, though, to get the rest of it, because this segment is only a small amount of time, and we're already down to four minutes left, but we're going to take it a little further. We might have to cut into our hot topic segment because we want to share everything about this. We are very passionate about love, marriage, relationships, getting along, communication, and all of the above, so we're going to cover everything that we planned on covering today before we move on. The next one, it's about finding balance. We'll share with you that on the end of it, and we'll jump right into the five major things that you have to have in order for your marriage or your relationship to work, and that's starting with commitment, honey. No question. Commitment is a must. This is super huge because you have to think about what are you committed to. If you define that and you are committed to your relationship, Mm -hmm. your marriage, your family, if you are committed to these things, then you are not in limbo. You have something that you can fall back on when times get shaky or things happen that life proposes to you. So commitment is like the roots. It is everything. It is the seeds that holds everything because you know that both of you guys are on the same page. Oh, most definitely. And I got one of your guys' chat room questions to ask him. Could we speak louder? I hope I, I hope you can hear me. We might be having a little technical difficulty, but we bring it to you, and you can always go back into the archive segment of the show to hear it again. You've got to check this out. This is some hot information, and we hope you guys can take from it and make it fit your own lifestyle. Number two on this five list is respect. For without it, this, you have no foundation. Again, it is respect. For without it, you have no foundation. It is so important. We've talked about it tons and tons of times on our shows in the past, is if you don't respect yourself, you can't expect to respect another person. First and foremost, I know who Jackie is. I respect Jackie, speaking in third-person sense, I mean 100%, and I make sure that I take good care of myself. I've always been the type that I put my body as my temple, and I take that seriously, and I don't share it in any way I don't I try one thing that I do do is I may eat not as good as I should sometimes I eat bad but I'm always working on even fixing that so what I'm saying is respect yourself and respect others if you don't have that in your relationship your foundation is missing no question commitment respect and then put each other first and you see mm-hmm. how these intertwine in, in into each other because if you are committed and you have respect for that commitment then you are able to put each other first no matter what situation that you are in because the love respect the commitment all of those things are there for you so always always put each other first Oh, most definitely. And then we're going to jump right down to honesty. You know how important that is, everybody, in any relationship. you got to have honesty. You want to tell the truth. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's going to be little white lies involved. It shouldn't be, but if it is, try to make it right. Sit down with your mate and communicate. Talk about it. Try to figure out, you know, what the issues are. Again, this show today is talking about chasing those relationship blues away. That's what this whole segment is about, and we got a great guest that we're going to be welcoming to the show. I believe he's on the line, so we might just have to jump right on into his and come back to Hot Topics a little bit later on. The next one we got, though, is communication. 
this is super, super big also, people, because you have to find the time. No, better yet, make the time. Communication is something that is a must because you have to be on the same page for you to move forward and progress the way that you want to as a married couple, as a couple together. So you're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to find a way to communicate, and you're going to have to make the time in this busy day and age that we live in. Well, most definitely. And then finally rounding it out, support each other as if the person was yourself. So I'm going to support Doug in any kind of thing, that anything that he wants to do, I'm going to support him in it as if I was doing it myself and it's something that I was doing. That's very important. And we could go on and on, you guys, with this segment, but you get the gist of it. Be good to yourself, be good to your mate, and you are sure to turn any relationship blues around. With no further ado, I believe we have someone on the line, so we're going to introduce them. But before we do, I want to give you a little background on our guest today. Um, his name is Jay Tavari, but first we'll share a little bit on him. And he was born in the U.S. and raised in Europe. Upon returning to the States, he landed his first film role in Universal Street Fighter in 1994 as Vega, the Spanish metal claw hand, Metador, opposite Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. Can't pronounce it very well, but you guys know what I mean. Tavari's next role was as a Middle Eastern terrorist in Executive Decision in 1996, a Warner Brothers film. With the two action blockbusters under his belt, he returned to his artistic roots with a starring role in the independent romantic drama Unbowed. 1999 is when that happened, for which he won the Best Actor Award at the American Indian Film Festival. Other film credits include Escape to Grizzly Mountain and El Padrino. At his home in Los Angeles, he uses his off-screen hours writing screenplays, nonfiction magazine articles, and he is the author of Sacred Power and is currently in pre-production of the film. Wow, that's hot. That is powerful. Hey, Jay, are you with us? Yes, how are you guys doing? Oh, we are doing fantastic. <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a nice, well, I uh, wanna... nice day in Los Angeles. No question. I want to jump right in. I understand that you did something that I dream of doing one day, and you ran a marathon on Monday. Can you tell how did that go? Uh, That was an unbelievable experience. (laughs) I mean, about six weeks ago, a friend of mine who's an athlete approached me and said, how would you like to run the L.A. Marathon? And I said, well, you know, I was just not in shape for a marathon like everybody else would say. Right. (laughs) And uh, so what started as a challenge turning to why don't you run it for my charity because I support um, a native charity called Adopt a Native Elder Program, which is a a wonderful program that anyone can Google and find them. And uh, we basically support these Navajo elders on three different reservations. So I thought, well, I'll run for these guys and raise some money. And and it was just an incredible experience. 17,000 people ran it, about 14,000 finished it. And I have to say, the first 18 miles, I was running at sub-four-hour marathon pace. Oh. But about mile 20, and just like everyone says, I hit the wall, <laughs> literally. Uh. <laughs> and I had cramps in both my thighs, such vicious cramps that he literally knocked me to my knees. And, Get uh, out of here. I thought I, was gonna, I wasn't going to finish, but I tell you, I dug deep. I got up. I hobbled for about a mile or two, and I finished the race, and I'm so proud that I, I actually completed my first marathon. Wow. But, uh, wow every, oh, my God. That is, that's a dream of mine. Man, hats off to you. That is super, super. And you got ready within six weeks. That's just incredible, uh, an experience. But um, 
Oh, my God. I'm just still in awe of that, Jay. I mean, to, to run four miles is a challenge for me, and he ran 18. He said at mile 20 he hit the wall. So that's, that's telling you you must be in great shape. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I stay in shape for a lot of my films. I mean, as you were reading out my uh, resume, I've realized, you know, all of that was the other side of the millennia because uh, this, since the year 2001, I have worked with uh, some Academy Award-winning directors and I've been in some Academy Award-winning films like Cold Mountain with Jude Law. I was in Adaptation with Meryl Streep and Nicolas Cage. I was in um, Pathfinder for 20th Century Fox. I did... Um, um, what they're missing for Ron Howard with um, Kate Blanchett and Tommy Lee Jones. So um, it's it's you know for most of those roles you have to be in shape because yeah, right. being like the period pieces all require horseback riding or you know you're a warrior from another time and you know being in shape definitely comes handy. <laughs> this is exciting. This can, people can only dream of this kind of stuff, Jay. You know, they're at home saying, oh, my God, I'd love to be an action hero. I'd love to be a movie star. And then to actually talk to someone that goes and does this stuff. So you're able to ride horses, too? Yeah, and no, I had to bear back. If you like, you know, because you're native, they automatically think that you're going to be some uh, famous rodeo, you know. So oh, <laughs> man. I've actually got to the set where they say, here's your horse, and he's like a buck wild stallion. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! We got so much to with him. It's gonna like. It's How I, I want to ask you. I heard a name in there, Ron Howard. How was it to work with him? Yeah. Oh, I love Ron. Ron is, you know, it's, there's such a um, misconception of Ron Howard because people always remember him as okay. Happy Days and you yeah. know Donningham, whatever. But he has become one of our great directors of our time. I mean, he is a, an absolute. Uh, you know, perfectionist. He, he understands the film industry from every aspect. I mean, he knows obviously acting, but he understands the cinematographer's job, the set designer's job, the, the directorial work, the writing, and he was he was involved with every aspect of the movie. I mean, The Missing was uh, something he really believes in, and um, you know, a lot, a lot of studios didn't want to make a movie that had over ten native leads. And uh, and he only had Kate Blanchett and Tommy Lee Jones and Val Kilmer as as the you know the, the so-called white leads. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was amazing. I, I love Ron. To this day, I've I've had a great relationship with him, and I hope to work with him again. But it was it was one of the the most fun films I've ever worked on. No that question. That is awesome. Can you share a little bit more about Adopt an Elder, the, the charity? Because I want everybody to listen to this. Yes. Well, the, the website is anelders.org. Okay. You know, so, and it's it literally, it's, it's a program that was launched 20 years ago by two incredible ladies, um, Linda Mayers and a Navajo lady by the name of Grace. Uh, and uh, the two of them basically came together and it was supposed to be not really a charity. It's much more than that. It's like um, an exchange of culture. Now, wow. a lot of people may not realize that we have um, these incredible Navajo uh, rug weavers, which has been part of their heritage for hundreds of years. And what they do, they basically um, they have their own sheep. They, they, they you know, spin the, 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 the yarn from the sheep. They collect berries from nature and all the colors they're going to use that year, all from what's in available that particular year in the nature. And they dye the, the yarn, and then they weave these incredible rugs, which are sacred art. That's why you have to look at them. Each, when they start to weave these rugs, 
they have no understanding what, what's going to be the geometrical pattern at the end. It just comes straight out of them. And it's almost like what the word inspiration, you know, of this spirit comes from somewhere higher. And when you take one of these rugs home, the, vibra- the vibration that's within each rug, just looking at them, brings a peaceful feeling to you, a, a wonderful energy that's within them because they, they're praying while they're making these rugs. So Adopt an Elder Program, it's, it's a program that we support these elders, about 600 of them, to maintain their own uh, traditional ways so they can continue to you know, create these wonderful pieces of work. And all the money goes back to them because the other thing people don't realize is, you know, the United States helps so many countries around the world that we consider third world, but really many of our native tribes right now here in U.S. are living below poverty levels. I mean, they are really, when the winter sets in, many of these elders can't even get to any medicine or shops to buy food or, or anything they might need during the winter. So twice a year we have food run and medicine runs, and we take we take them all the necessities they need, and uh, it's, it's an incredible program. And they have a rug show every November in Park City, Utah, that I encourage everyone to, to go to. And you can also volunteer your time at any time to either for the food runs or for the rug show or just attend, and uh, it's, it's definitely a worthy cause. Fantastic. And can you say that um, website one more time? It's A um, – hang on, it's – I've got to write it myself. It's okay. A N and then Elder E L D E R dot org. Okay, perfect. And Elder dot org basically. And um, for whatever reason, if you forget that, just go online and and try to Google Adopt a Native Elder Program. And uh, it's it's not adoption in the in the Western conception. So do not worry if you are mm-hmm. going to join the okay. <laughs> join this organization. It doesn't mean you have a, a poor Indian with you for the rest of your life. <laughs> It just means you support uh, a, a, a native which badly needs it for very little money. I mean, we're talking about $60 will buy a box of medicine and uh, some canned foods and some wool that they may need. So you can join and, and support them on multiple levels, whatever you, however you want to involve. And you get things in return. It's not just you giving. It's a, an exchange of cultures and Many of these elders actually end up, uh, you know, writing back or even sharing of their culture with, with their adoptees. Oh, I love it. I think um, it's fantastic, and we're definitely going to support it here, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I was going to say that is fantastic, Jay. I wonder if I was going to ask my wife, I wonder if they have that in our area. Jay, we're from Washington, so we got some home in Yakima. We have a bunch of different Indian tribes yeah. and reservations in our area. I don't know if that's in our area, but that no, is really, uh, no, this really program awesome. is actually No, this program helps just in Arizona and New Mexico okay. area, but it okay. really should be copied and duplicated in other areas. It's it's um, it's been 20 years in, in the in the works, but uh, it really has a, a, a great system now, where and everyone involved are volunteers. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, whoa, that's great. That is that is something fantastic, Jay. We're gonna, I, you know, before I, you get out of here, I, I have a question that I wanted to ask you. Is absolutely as an actor. When you get into character, because different people do it differently, do you turn it on and off when you're done, or do you try to keep it on on the set the whole time? How do you do it? Well, I approach all, all the characters I've ever played, I've approached with as much research as I can. 
and I try to create a backstory for, for my characters, who they may have been, who, where they lived, how they grew up, and try to do the behavior of my characters. You know, like, you know, if you rode horses, then I try to ride a lot of horses, and so get the sense of who he is. But no, I'm, I mean, I, you know, the method I use is whatever it works. <laughs> if, uh, if, it, if it works, I use it. I, I, sometimes if it's a highly emotional scene, like when I was doing Into the West, for Steven Spielberg, there was a scene that my five-year-old daughter was dead. Well, ironically, in that period, I had a wolf dog that I loved dearly. Her name was Cheyenne, and she had passed away. And I used what they call sense memory, and just by stroking uh, the, the buffalo rope that my girl was in, I was able to imagine my, my wolf, and the emotions came flooding over, so the tears were ab- absolutely real. So. But but no, once they say cut, I, I don't. I'm not one of those guys who stays moody. And unless, like I said, I understand why some actors do it because if if it's, if after lunch you're supposed to go back to your mother having died, you don't want to be laughing and joking and suddenly, you know, being able to switch right back into that mode. So if it's an emotional character and he demands it, then I try to stay in in that those range of those emotions more often. But I will never bark at a PA for it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, Jay, I say that because you got some high praise I was reading by mm-hmm. Mar- uh, director Marcus Nipsel said that you could play the father, the son, and all by yourself. <laughs> and it said looking at a collection of your scenes, you could it felt like everyone was a different actor. And when you say stuff like that, it's like the it has to be the ultimate compliment for an actor because that is just hands down. It really incredible. is. Well, I, I look at acting as an opportunity to morph and change. And, uh, you know, like a lot of movie actors, American movie stars, play themselves in every movie. Uh, for me, it's, I like the escapism. I like to become someone else. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't even recognize me from my films. You know, when they see me, they go, oh, that was him again. You know? <laughs> wow. But, but definitely, yes. Marcus Nispel actually was the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well as the new uh, Friday the 13th. He's known for his um, horror, horror storytelling skills. Oh. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty extraordinary German director. But, um, well, we want yeah, to because we, what, what I did to Marcus was, sorry? Oh, I was going to say, we just want to congratulate you. You've worked with some phenomenal people in the director's field and actors and actresses, and it's a huge accomplishment. And I know a lot of people out there listening, they, they aspire to be actors and actresses. We get a lot of right, you know, we're going to get a lot of calls, I'm sure, and emails about you and what you've shared today. So we just want to thank you for being on. And on top of that, just, you know, congratulate you for your accomplishments. Well, I want to thank you guys for having me on. And for anyone who's listening, the most important thing is keep your passions alive. If, if, you, if you feel it in your heart, never let anybody de- derail you. You know, just keep, keep the dream alive. That's the most important part. That is beautiful. And you guys can reach Jay at jtavare, T-A-V-A-R-E.com, or at his MySpace at myspace.com forward slash Jay Tavari, and I'm going to share with you guys again throughout the show. You can go to anelder.org. Please join and support the elders. And you heard what Jay said about them. They're beautiful people. They do something beautiful. They give back. And we are definitely going to be supporting them right here from this show and from all our different mini companies. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us, Jay. Thank you very much. Hey, Thank Jay, any time. It's, it's a true pleasure. I hope to meet you in person one day. You sound like an exciting individual. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I all wish right. you guys all the luck to you. you got a great show going on. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Bye-bye. Everybody, that was Jay Tavari. I'm going to read his uh, websites again to you. It's jtavare.com or get him at his myspace.com forward slash Jay Tavari. And next, we're going to jump right in because we got to move along quickly. We could have talked to him all day, and we had so much fun in the first part of the show telling you about relationship blues that we're going to jump into love and romance. And it's time for the sexy, romantic, most definitely our favorite part of the show. And no question, <laughs> and my beautiful wife is going to give a little something, something for everybody out there today, so listen up. Okay, you guys, I'm going to share with you a series. Thank you, baby. I'm going to share with you a series of great quotes real quick, okay? So here we go. A happy marriage perhaps represents the ideal of human relationship, a setting in which each partner, while acknowledging the need of the other, feels free to be what he or she by nature is, a relationship in which instinct as well as intellect can find expression, in which giving and taking are equal, in which each accepts the other and I, meaning the word I, confronts thou. Okay? Next, that was by Anthony Store, by the way. The next one is, the desire of the man is for the woman, but the desire of the woman is for the desire of the man. Did you get that? Amen. That's, That's a good one. Thank you. Jermaine Steele, or Stale, I can't pronounce it for some reason. The next one, we trifle when we assign limits to our desires, since nature hath set none, meaning since nature don't have any, we trifle, meaning we fail when we set limits to our desires. Christian Bovey. Next one. You can have anything you want if you want it badly enough. You can have anything you want to you can be anything you want to be. Have anything you desire, accomplish anything you set out to accomplish if you hold to that desire with singleness of purpose, meaning you gotta you gotta be committed and devoted and determined. By Robert Collier. Next she learned to say things with her eyes that others waste time putting into words. And that's by Corey Ford. And last but not least in my series today is Temptation is a Woman's Weapon and a Man's Excuse by H. Minkin. Wow, baby, those were great for Thank sure. You. I'm liking that. Well, do you want to go into today's questions and comments? Because we have a few of them, but I know we're running behind a little bit. So what do you think? Okay, we'll do them real fast. Um, Doug and Jackie, um, let me see, Doug and Jackie, me and my husband have been listening to your show for a year and wanted to say thank you for being so real and sharing all your great advice and tips with us. Um, you guys are a true inspiration now. Um, even other NBA players and their wives are showing their love and affection for each other in public as well. And um, keep being great role models for relationships. Kim and Mike from Toledo, Ohio. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kim and Mike. Jackie, how do you keep Doug interested after all these years as my husband seems to feel the need to look and flirt with other women and even, read this, even young girls? I think I may need to get him some help as me and all my girlfriends think it is sick and he is turning me <laughs> off more and more with his behavior. Please help. And this is Shania well, I, you know what? I'm not even going to say from Los Angeles. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm I'm not trying to laugh, but I mean, <laughs> she addressed this to me, and I don't even know what to say because it's funny the way my husband read it about um, her and her girlfriends feeling sick. First, I want to say you shouldn't be talking about what your husband's doing with your girlfriends. That's one thing because that is not good. And if they have any ideas on trying to like take your man or something, they're gonna know how to do it on the strength. Um, no, you just really just have to get him some help because that's really not good. Young girls is out of the question, first and foremost. It is sick, you know what I mean? It's really crazy. And me having daughters, I really don't appreciate nothing like that. So 
as far as him looking and flirting with other women, I mean, that's kind of nature, that's kind of human and all that, but you got to talk to him and find out where his heart really is and is that something that he wants to do? Because sometimes people say behavior is kind of like the, the eye of the soul and you can kind of see where they're going, and if that's the case, you might want to end the relationship pretty quickly and just be friends so you don't you save yourself a lot of hurt and turmoil. You're going to be hurt if he agrees and says, yeah, that's what I'm doing, I'm on my way you know, out to, to meet other people. Just remind him that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, sexually transmitted diseases out there, so when you're out meeting people, you should probably make appointments to the doctor every time you get ready to be with someone in that way because it's very dangerous. So that's all I can say is that definitely talk to them, communicate, and if you guys need to see a counselor, get a, you know, go see a counselor. The last one is, guys, have you picked a wedding place yet and a theme? We are waiting for the announcement. Please hurry up and share it with us. Lisa from Houston. Honey, where are we going? Uh. Lisa, we we have no idea we answer these questions. <laughs> Stay tuned, knowing now. We'll get it. Right here, right here. Oh, they can move your feet. They can move your feet. Right here, right here. 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 Right let me well, tell you, Wizzle, I know uh, we're going to talk NBA. Uh, we are going to get to that. But uh, sports are all over the place right now. we got track and field coming back. It's summertime. Uh, USA, Tyson Gay, 100, 200-meter runner. He's back after injury plague 2008 running today in New York. Might have already run. I'm not sure. But with Usain Bolt, re- I mean, pretty much rewriting history in the 100 and 200, where do you see Tyson fitting in, or is Bolt going to just run the table for a while? Well, obviously, uh, he has set the bar extremely high, and uh, those are the kind of things that occur when uh, when you're dealing with that type of talent. Uh, he's a great, great talent, and uh, that's enough said. I don't know what else to say. Uh I did hear that he was in a car accident. I don't know what the extent of his injuries was because he was in a high-performance vehicle, but uh, uh, I hope that he's okay. And uh, But definitely he, he, he raised the bar. And uh, the way I'm looking for what he can do next. I'm sure that uh, a lot of other people are looking for that too. Well, you know, Mr. Bolt, Yaman is running so fast. Uh, I don't know who's going to catch up. We're going to watch you, Tyson, to see what you're doing. In the world of tennis, Roland Garros, we're talking France, the French Open. Uh, Mr. Federer, Whistle, who you predicted, Nadal is no longer in tournament. Mr. Federer moves to the second round of 16, as well as Mr. Andy Roddick from the United States of America, and he was pretty much quoted as saying, he kind of didn't think he could win the tournament because he never played good on clay, and I, I kind of didn't understand that he wasn't giving himself a chance. But uh, are you sticking with your pick? Because I, I think I'm leaning towards Federer myself. I'm going to stick with my pick. I just really um, believe that he had a mental block uh, to get over. And maybe uh, Nadal got tired of just being the best. I mean, hey, it, 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 it becomes uninteresting to – to deal with the same battles, and maybe he just feels like he wants to take a little bit of a break right now, which would be the perfect time for Federer to resume his swagger and uh, to, to, to take his crown back and uh, to exit on a high note. No question. Well, we're going to keep our eye on that. Serena Williams moves on also in the women's side, USA, holding it down. We will be watching. Well, Wizzle, 
in the not only the NBA but the NHL right now has their finals going. Detroit Red Wings and the Pittsburgh Penguins, both teams which I believe that you picked, moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals. And Wizzle, if you believe it or not, first time since 1984, and I believe that was New York Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers, Oilers with Wayne Gretzky, that there is a rematch in the Stanley Cup Finals. The the previous year you had the Red Wings and, and Pittsburgh, and the Red Wings won. And right now you got a young uh, Pittsburgh Penguins team with Sidney Crosby who could step over that threshold. you got veterans and multiple cups on Detroit's side. Who are you going to pick in this one? I like Detroit. I'm sorry, I really like Crosby, but I just think there's something to be said about a franchise who knows how to win. Uh, there's a higher standard that everybody's uh, accustomed to and held to, and I think that the, when it comes down to it, they'll show their resilience and championship-like swagger. Well, I'm going to get a Pittsburgh Penguins hat because I'm going with Sidney Crosby, the young fella. Uh, it looks like he is a LeBron James if you want to live up to the hype of the NHL, and he is doing one heck of a job. Uh, I'm going to have to get some black and gold and get with the Penguins. Whistle. We will watch this one as it unfolds. Now, as the summer goes along, you know what that means. That means NFL guys are getting ready. They're out there working. They're doing their thing. And the early power rankings came out today, and I saw the Steelers were number one. What is the chances of the Steelers repeating, Whistle? And uh, is that who you got favored uh, early in the year now? Uh, obviously, they have a great chance of repeating. They have the same team pretty much back. They have a coach who has really, really grabbed a, a tight grip of his franchise and obviously the direction that they're moving. Um, but Mr. Tom Brady is back. They have a revamped team. There's a new backfield uh, in terms of with Fred Taylor back there. you got a bunch of other talent that's been amassed, and you know the kind of uh, uh, miracles that their coach pulls off. So I'm looking for uh, uh, it to be a very interesting season. Uh, there's going to be a dogfight out there. So uh, hey, Pittsburgh got to be the favorites. You're wearing the belt now, but – the belt has different loops, and that's for different people's ways. So uh, everybody can try it on, you know. That is correct, Wizzle. And you know the Giants can't be far behind because I think after they get over their plexical burlessness, they will find a way because they are a good football team too. So uh, that Eastern, uh, we're going to have to keep our eye on that as the year unfolds in the NFL. Now, we're going to keep it in, but we're going B.A., baby. That is right, the NBA Lakers in Denver. The Lakers put the the baby to sleep, as Chick Hearn used to say, uh, the ice and the butter's cold and hot and all those different things. And for the first time, uh, I really think that we saw the Laker team that uh, I've been expecting to see throughout the playoffs. And maybe what happened early to them, Wizzle, or what they needed to get over that hump. What do you say about that series? Well, uh, I definitely uh, on the surface, and I think that everybody understood and knew that there were times during the season where you could already pick the best teams. Now, obviously, you look at the team having the best record in the league in terms of Cleveland Cavaliers, but then you move on the other side and you, and you really take a look at the fact that the Lakers and their interior passing and and when the, both of their big guys are sharing the ball that they're pretty, pretty tough. And we're talking about Lamar Odom and their intangible pieces. Uh, uh, they just needed that wake-up call. Um, you thought it would happen against Houston. 
Um, and obviously it turned on a little bit. There was a sense of urgency, and they really, really looked good last night. I had to give it up uh, to Kobe. Uh, he averaged, what, about 35 for that series. Not bad and in terms of uh, winning and losing. So, uh, again, i got to give my hats off to the Lakers. And that's not an easy thing to, to do for me, but, hey, they played the hell out of some basketball yesterday. That is correct. Now, when you look at the Denver Nuggets, this is the first time Denver has been this far for quite, quite a number of years. But, you know, as as they move on this summer, what what are you thinking next year? Did this prime them for that championship run, or are they one of those teams that you, you may see fall off now? What do you think about that? Well, obviously, this is uh, when NBA and the unfortunate comes in, if you're a fan and a true fan of Denver Nuggets, because the economics kicks in. Uh, you've got trade bait. Uh, you've got different things, that, uh, different visions in terms of people in the front office want to see, um, or maybe attitudes that they don't want to have around. And, you know, you, you never know how those things are going to hurt or complement a team. So, uh, obviously, it's a, a big step, obviously, where they are. They were right there, and they had a very good team on the ropes. But uh, that's obviously not good enough against a team that has a lot of uh, structure and, uh, and, and, and te- intestinal fortitude in terms of getting a job done and the things that's necessary in terms of winning a championship. So, uh, you know, they got a hats off to George Carl. They had a heck of a year. I think the addition of Chauncey Billups certainly uh, served its purpose. Uh, Carmelo growing up, and their team grew up uh, a year. And so uh, you need those type of growth spurts to get the championship run uh, initially. I totally agree with you. I think that if you keep the team together, that's the smartest thing that you could do. Once you've been through battle like that, it's not like they have any, you know, every, every team has some glaring weaknesses, but they put together a pretty solid team, and now you got to give them a whole year to see what they can do. So, Denver Nuggets, we will be keeping our eye on you, no question. Well, at 5.30, Whistle, you know what happened. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, Cleveland and Orlando are going for Game 6. Before we jump there, we're talking Game 5. Cleveland beat them by 10 points, and that was uh, besides game uh, 3, I believe, when Orlando beat Cleveland by 10 points. It was the largest margin for victory. Obviously, uh, looking at Cleveland, I would say uh, somebody off the bench, last game it was Daniel Gibson, has to come in and give him 10 to 15 points. Mo Williams or Delonte West, I need 20 from either one of you guys, and the other one has to be aggressive, even if he isn't hitting shots and playing well. But uh, I think you're looking at the tail of two team sometimes, Wizzle, because Cleveland's not putting together a 48-minute effort, and at this level of the playoffs, the first rounds, you know, you, those, those teams are usually a lesser, not lesser of a talent, but they're maybe not as focused, things aren't as crisp and tight at this level. You need 48 minutes. You can't have LeBron 41-8-8, eight and eight, and that's the first time that's ever happened, by the way, in the history of the NBA. Those are incredible numbers, but uh, looking at game six, Wizzle, what do you see here? Well, you know what, uh, it obviously comes down to the heart, the desire, and, and and what you feel. I do feel that Orlando has what it takes, and all the predictions are out the window now. you got to go with your heart, and I really believe that somehow LeBron is going to try to figure out to will his way to a win in Orlando. And, I, I, I you know, I, I really think that all the cards have been set is – been beaten with Orlando playing the best ball and brand of ball they could. They've lost, uh, not playing particularly well, uh, with LeBron being a huge contributor in all those games. 
the triple-double was a huge factor in the win and the 10 points last game because it affects every aspect of the game. And uh, I look for him to have that same type of performance, triple-double type of performance uh, tonight and to try to move on and wait for the next team because uh, they know that destiny awaits. And the longer it waits, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult because uh, it, destiny's been rested. No question about that. Now, you know, they go into the LeBron James, Kobe Bryant comparisons and all these different things. And my my thing is, do you think you have to win a championship to be talked about so highly as they're talking about LeBron? Because there have been some great players that haven't won championships. And we're not talking about was he a great champion. We're talking about him as a player being able to elevate his team and win. I, you know, some names, Barkley, um the ice man these are different people who i think never won a championship but you can't take anything away from the talent that the individual possesses what what do you think about those comparisons and what they're doing there well i really really uh like what lebron james is doing uh any credit and, and the comparisons that he's been given i think are adequately due he's really really surprised me um, i don't think there's a person in america or throughout the world that he hasn't surprised in terms of the type of pressure uh, that was put on him as a young man in high school as a junior, ESPN games, uh, his, mo- his mother was supposedly buying him a Hummer, him driving to school in a Hummer as a, as a senior, and him being the next savior of Nike, and and, and so on in terms of the NBA. So it, he's really, really grown up, uh, taking it, the responsibility, and and. And, and pretty much lived it uh, clean free, so uh, I got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, I know the type of things that I did as a young man, and I couldn't imagine having the type of money or the type of fame that he has and, and not being able to get in some trouble. But, hey, some people are a lot more focused, and, and, and it seems like this is destiny, and maybe this is destiny before our eyes. So, uh, obviously, he's a very, very special player, and he, any credit that he's uh, given, he gets. No question about it. Well, everybody, as soon as you stop listening to us, go tune in and check it out. LeBron James, Orlando, Game 6. It is going to be a masterful game, and uh, hopefully it lives up to the hype, and we see a Game 7 whistle. Well, as always, we appreciate the insight into the world of sports. Look into the crystal ball. Thank you again. Until next week, we will see you same time. Same. same. Hey, let's have a roast chicken and wrap some yams up in some foil. Leave it in the same (laughs) up. I'm out. Deuces. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining us again. You know what time it is, 5 o'clock on a Saturday, and guess what? It's 90 degrees in Washington. Can you believe it? We're about to be someplace else real soon. We can't tell you where, but you know what? You can still find us next Saturday, 5 o'clock, again, at the same time, same place, right? Oh, nope, I made a mistake. Next Saturday, it will be 1 o'clock. Next Saturday, the 6th of June, 1 p.m. Make sure you tune in. Until next time, friends, take care. Peace. Part of a plan that's bigger than me And you know I am a free one I'm so for free I'm a sick child